John chapter number 3. If you brought your Bible with you tonight, if you would, turn to John chapter number 3. A very familiar passage of Scripture here in John chapter number 3. And I believe we're all, we're all safe to say, if not one of the most quoted verses in our Bible, is found here in this chapter in verse number 16. And it talks about how, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. You know, we look out here in the world, and there's people out there who's maybe ungrateful for something, or they got, a, you know, there's people, they got what they need, and they got what they want, but they still stand ungrateful. Maybe there's somebody in this room tonight who, maybe this Thanksgiving, maybe you went through a hard time in your life, and you've been through some stuff, but you can still say, hey, we need to thank God. And maybe there's somebody who says, you know, there's nothing, I have nothing to thank God for. And maybe you're one of those people, if there's somebody like that in the room tonight, I believe this message is for you. We're going to see three things tonight about thanking God. If, you wrote, if you're taking notes, there's a title to the message tonight. It would be, Thank God. In John chapter number 3, John chapter number 3, begin reading in verse number 15, where the Bible says, That whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Let's look to the Lord in prayer, and we'll get right into the message tonight. Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you for what you've done for us, Lord. I thank you for all you're going to continue to do for us, Father. I thank you for your word you have allowed us to read tonight, Lord. And, and another time to come in the house of God, Lord, and worship you, Father, and come together this Thanksgiving, Lord, and meet together with the families, Lord, and give thanks unto you for your many blessings that you gave to us, Father. I pray that you help the message tonight, Lord. Pray that it will be a blessing, Lord. And I pray that everything we say and do will bring honor, glory, and praise to your holy, precious name. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. As we read through our Bibles here in John chapter number 3, we see here in John chapter number 3 just two prominent words here. And the first one is believed. And it's talking about that whoever believes on Christ will have and then have eternal life. And then it talks about life, that eternal life through Jesus Christ. Our Lord, we see. And as we read in chapter number 1 in the book of John, we see the deity of Christ. And we see the ministry of John and the witness of John there in chapter 1 where it talks about uh, John's not the true light, but he come to bear witness of the true light that is Christ Jesus as we read that. And when it talks about how Jesus is the true light there in chapter 1. Then we come to chapter number 2 and we read about the first Passover and the first miracle there. And then we come to chapter number 3 here. That was in chapter 2. Then we come to chapter number 3 and we read. And a lot of times we read this verse in chapter, chapter 3. We read verse number 16 and we leave out the other verses here. And we, we think about what God is saying here and what Jesus has said about for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son to whosoever believed in him should not perish but have everlasting life. We think about that there, but what a lot of us miss over is what this was. It was a conversation that Jesus was having with a man by the name of Nicodemus. The Bible said there in verse number 1, there's a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. And the Bible goes on to talk about how Nicodemus, he's coming to, he has came to Jesus and he's asking him here in verse number 2, now how can these things be except you be of God? Except God 
be with you here. And as we see here that uh, the man named Nicodemus, he is a Pharisee and a ruler of the Jews. And he's visiting Jesus here and he's questioning Jesus about his teachings here. And uh, Nicodemus, Jesus is sitting here and he answers every question that Nicodemus has for him here. But Nicodemus, I don't know if he wasn't understanding it or he was just trying to get something clear because he keeps coming back. And verse after verse, three or four times here in the chapter, and he comes back and still asking Jesus basically the same question. And what they're talking about here is the new birth. They're talking about the new birth here. And I feel like Jesus kind of starts preaching to uh, Nicodemus here in verse number 12. And Jesus said, if I, have, if I have told you earthly things and you believe not, how shall you believe if I tell you of heavenly things? What Jesus was telling Nicodemus here is saying, hey, if I told you these things that are of the earth, how are you going to believe when I tell you the heavenly things here, the, the, the new birth, the eternal birth here, the birth when you get saved again, when you're born again and enter the kingdom of God, when you can enter the kingdom of God by that new birth? Ain't you glad if, you, if you're saved this, uh, tonight? Maybe you say, I ain't got nothing to be thankful for this Thanksgiving. Well, let me tell you, if you're saved, that right there is enough to make a man or a woman thankful right there, to have that assurance. Not a I think so, but to have a I know that you're going to heaven when you die. That there is enough to have, to be thankful for this Thanksgiving. And we see as Nicodemus is questioning Jesus, there in verse number 2, I believe it is, he questioned Jesus about that miracle. And I believe he's questioning about the miracle he just done in chapter number 2 over there at the marriage. And then in uh, verse number 4, he's asking Jesus, he's questioning Jesus here about the new birth. I'm glad by the grace of God I could stand here tonight and tell you I understand about that new birth. I'm glad that on July 7, 2015, I understood that new birth. And I accepted I got that new birth. I didn't just get a little bit of it, but I got all of it. And I, I'm saved forever by the glorious grace of God. I no longer have to die and go to a place called hell. I thank God for that new birth this morning, or tonight I should say. I'm no longer bound for hell. I'm no longer condemned to death. But by the grace of God, I may die one of these days, but by the grace of God, I ain't going to have to wake up in a place called hell, but I get to wake up in a place called heaven. I get to tell the person at the heaven, the gates of heaven, what my name is. They're going to check it off in the Lamb's Book of Life, and I'm going to be in there, friend. I thank God for it. I'm no longer condemned to go to hell. Thank God I'm saved forever. Amen. And uh, you know the youth choir, I think about that youth choir song they sing about I remember the day when the Lord saved me. I'm glad I can say that I remember the day when the Lord saved me. I no longer, hey, on that day, July 7, 2015, that day forever changed my life. There's been days I was born of the flesh back in March 2nd of 2004, but being born of the flesh ain't what gets you in the kingdom of God. If you read this chapter here, that's what you're going to come to figure out. And I believe it's there in verse number 6 where Jesus said, That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Verse 7, Marvel not that I said unto thee, ye must be born again. To enter the kingdom of God, you must be born again. I'm glad I've been born again tonight. I'm glad that I have been accepted into the Father's family. I have been saved forever. I'm glad I've accepted that new birth into my life. And, and as Jesus Christ is my Lord and as my Savior. And as we read here in verse number 5, Jesus said, Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except the man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. We see there that just what I was talking about. Although I may have been born back in 2004, that there was of the flesh. That's not what was getting me into heaven. It's being born in the spirit. 
accepting Jesus Christ into your heart as your Lord and Savior. In verse number 6, Jesus went on to say that flesh is flesh and the Spirit is spirit. To be born in the Spirit is to, be, is to enter the kingdom of God when you die. In verse 7, Jesus said, you must be born again. You have to be born again. And Nicodemus, he's just still, he ain't understanding. I don't know why he ain't understanding. Or maybe he's just trying to get it better clarified here. But he's still asking questions to Jesus. Because here goes Nicodemus again in verse number 9, where uh, Nicodemus answered and said unto them, unto him, talking about Jesus, how can these things be? After Nicodemus just done asked the other questions, Jesus has done answered them. And here comes Nicodemus with another question. How can these things be? If you would look down in verse number 15 through 16, we'll get into the message. And the Bible said that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have eternal life. For God sent not a son, no, no, excuse me, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that but the world uh, through him might be saved. We see here that number one tonight, and uh, under the message, thank God, we ought to thank God, number one, for his solicitude. Thank God for his solicitude. You say, Caleb, what is uh, God's solicitude? That word solicitude is just another word for love. We ought to be thanking God for his love tonight. You know, his unconditional love, that unlimited love, that unreserved love, the unquestioning love of God, the unrestricted love of God. <clears throat> you know, we talk about that uh, unconditional love of God. That means that, hey, He is not subject to any of our conditions. If you're black or white, rich or poor, no matter what color you are, who you are, how much money you have, where you came from, who you are, where you come from, whatever the case is, you know, God loves us unconditionally. You know, we ought to be thankful this Thanksgiving. Thank God for his solicitude. Thank God for his love. <clears throat> God loves you, friend. I can tell you that. You know, he created you in his own image. He made you to be like him. He formed you in likeness of him. And we ought to be thankful for that. God loves you, friend. Let me tell you that. Maybe you're going through that hard time in life. But let me tell you that God loves you. No matter what you've been through, no matter what you've done, who you are, what your past is, God still loves you. You may be caught up in a sin. God still loves you. He might not like that sin. He may hate that sin. God hates sin. But, friend, He still loves you. And God is love. So, number one, we look at, uh, thank God for His solicitude. Thank God. Number two, thank God for His Son. The Bible said there in verse number 16, we talk about the solicitude. For God so loved the world. So, there we see God's solicitude. But then the Bible goes on to say that He gave His only begotten Son. So we see here, thank God for His Son, God's only begotten Son. God had one Son, and He sent Him to die on the cross for our sins so we wouldn't have to die and go to heaven. So we wouldn't have to die and go to hell when we uh, died so that we could go to heaven when we died and so we could live and spend eternity with God our Savior and God our Lord. He died in our spot so we wouldn't have to bear that heavy cross and walk up Calvary's hill. Hey, God sent His only Son for us, friend. And we ought to be thanking God for it. We ought to never take that for granted. I mean, I've never take the grace and mercies of God for granted, friend. We ought to be thankful for it, amen. As in, as you look, when we see, uh, thank God for His solicitude, His love. Thank God for His Son. But number three, and lastly here, thank God for His salvation. The Bible went on to say, uh, for God so loved the world, we see His love that He gave His only begotten Son. We see His Son... 
And the Bible didn't just stop there. And the Bible goes on to say, and, and this did not perish, but have everlasting life, friend. You no longer have to die and go to hell. That salvation, that eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. And notice, you notice that phrase, uh, the phrase, should not perish there. The problem with a lot of preachers now, it just got soft and they quit preaching on hell and they quit preaching on death. But friend, hell and death is still a real thing. But I'll tell you what also is real, the thing called salvation. That thing that God gives to us, that gift of salvation, that gift that is free if we accept Him into our heart as our Lord and as our Savior, friend. Let me tell you, if you had never heard a message preached on hell, and maybe you and you don't believe in that place called hell, I'm going to tell you right now, friend, hell is a really... It is a real place, and we ought to we ought to never take the never take it for granted how God gives us that chance to accept Him in our heart as our, as our Lord and as our Savior, friend. Trust me, dude, you don't want to die and go to hell. You might you might hey, if you're not saved, you might want to get it settled tonight before it is eternally too late. You say, but I've done this and that. And you say, but I got caught up in this sin. You say, I tasted this alcohol and I've done this drug. And I went over there to that hellhole. Ain't you glad for the unconditional love of God? The Bible still said over there in Jeremiah 33, 3, Call unto me and I will answer thee and shew thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. What the Lord is saying there, hey, that alcohol you, you tasted, hey, still call unto me. I'll still answer you. That drug, that sin, that sex before marriage, the homosexuality, whatever the case is, friend, God will still answer you when you call upon His name. He might not like what you're doing. He might not like that sin. But praise God, He'll still answer you when you call unto His name. So this Thanksgiving, you ought to be thankful for God's solicitude. Be thankful for God's Son. And be thankful for God's salvation. And uh, I'm done here, brother. Pastor Tim, thank you for letting me preach. Told us the truth, didn't he? Yes, sir. Thank you. That was a blessing, wasn't it? And uh, thank the Lord for that. Thank you, Brother Caleb. What a blessing. I've seen the Lord uh, change that young man's life from the time he come into our church family here and got saved and God's turned him around. And I'm telling you, God's got his hand on that boy. He's digging. He's in Bible college here, and God's going to use it. You pray for him, and I know he'd appreciate that. All right, now for the old part of the service. All right? So we're going to get that, the, the uh, Woodchesters back up here to sing tonight. And I asked them if they would to sing that song they sang Sunday night. Is that okay if we hear that one again? That was a good one, wasn't it? And so they're going to come and sing that one for us here tonight. And then Brother Jim Jarvis, I told you it was going to be old time now. And uh, so Brother Jim Jarvis... I appreciate old Brother Jim. Brother Jim teaches our Bible for us here in our Christian schools, doing a good job. And he's already told me he ain't coming back no more after this year. But, but we got him this year anyway. And I appreciate and love Brother Jim and Miss Debbie, and I'm glad they're here. So after they sing for us, Brother Jim's going to come and bring our second message here tonight. And I'm glad you're here. Let's enjoy this good song. I don't know who he's calling the old people getting up here. I'm, old, I'm only 55. I got a long way to go. <laughs> Yeah, well, I got something for him, too. I think we found his replacement. What do y'all think? <laughs> I 
king could die for romance sins and be laid in a borrowed tomb. What man can raise up from the dead and descend to heaven's throne? No one else can do what he has done. No one else could take the burdens from me. No one else can melt this heart of stone. It took Jesus and the blood he shed on Calvary. No one else can do what he's done for me. got a little short message about the ten gates and the walls of Jerusalem. No, no we're not going to do that. But I, I told my wife, I said, watch Caleb get up there and preach my message. And, and he did scare me a little bit when he said turn to John. But let's turn to John chapter 14, if you would, tonight. John chapter 14. One of my most favorite passages in all the Bible. Uh, this is a passage uh, where Jesus is at a feast. He's at the feast of the Passover. And uh, he's told his disciples some hard things that, uh, that they probably didn't want to hear about how he'd be betrayed and how uh, uh, some things were going to happen. And, and uh, then he wanted to encourage them and wanted to help them a little bit. And, and uh, I was thinking about the Thanksgiving th feast and 
uh, how we can always get a little encouragement and be thankful for the things that God's done for us. And so I just wanted to read a few verses of Scripture here and share a few thoughts with you tonight. Uh, they don't have the clock on back there. Uh, Lisa said she's going to take her watch off and put it to her head anyway at me when, if I, I preach too long. So, But uh, let's read in John chapter 14, uh, beginning in verse 1. Uh, the Lord said this, said, Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may be also. And whither I go, you know, and the way you know. Thomas saith unto him, Lord, we know not whither thou goest, and how can we know the way? Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh to the Father but by me. Uh, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we thank you, Lord, for this day, and thank you for being so good to us. Thank you, God, for all your many blessings, for the testimonies that we've already heard, all the good singing, Lord, uh, for the good preaching that we've heard. And God, we pray now, Father, that you'll speak to our hearts once again. Encourage us. Help us, Lord, as we turn our thoughts to uh, all that you've done for us and how wonderful a God you are. Speak to our hearts tonight, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, I... I, I uh, my pastor said that I've been teaching over at the school this year and, and have, it seems like ever since school started we've been taking school pictures. Uh, they got canceled a time or two and different things had happened and, and uh, we've been taking school pictures. It made me think about, uh, and that and all the field trips that's been going on, made me think about the story about a, a group of kindergartners that went on a field trip and they went to the police station downtown and uh, were, were seeing about the, the law enforcement officers and one of the fifth graders saw the pictures on the wall there, the wanted posters, and he asked that policeman, he said, are those criminals, are those wanted men? That policeman said, yes, sir, son, we want those men very badly. And he said, well, why didn't you keep them when you took their picture then? <laughs> Wondered the same thing. <laughs> but anyway... Tonight, let me share with you a few thoughts. Like I said, this passage of Scripture always speaks to my heart. It's always an encouragement to me uh, because God gives us some things here. He gives us some things that we can be thankful for uh, no matter what's going on around us. And, and the first thing that, that I want to share with you tonight that we can be thankful about is, is peace in our heart. He says, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. You know, that's a wonderful thought right there. No matter what's going on in our life, we have a solid foundation. We have somebody that we can depend on, somebody that we can trust, somebody we know will never leave us nor forsake us, somebody that's given us so many precious promises in his word. And we can have peace in our heart knowing uh, that the Lord is with us. Uh, if you're here tonight and, and you've trusted Christ as your Savior, you know exactly what I'm talking about. No matter how the storms may rage around you, no matter how uh, uncontrollable the circumstances may seem, you can always have peace in your heart with the knowledge that the Lord's with you and He's going to bring you through it all. You know, I'm glad that I have peace in my heart tonight. Uh, I got saved. It's been uh, 40 years ago now, uh, back in 1979. Man, that's, that's, that was another lifetime. It seemed, I see why the preacher said he's going to get the old fellow up here now. But uh, uh, anyway, it, it's been another lifetime ago. But I remember back when I was a young man, I, I didn't have any peace in my heart. I didn't know... Uh, what it was to know Christ as my Savior. I grew up in Sunday school. I grew up in a Methodist church, and, and I'd heard the stories of Jesus, and I'd 
uh, gone to vacation Bible school, and I was in church every Sunday. Mom and Dad made sure and take me to church, but, but I'd never heard about being saved, being born again. I didn't know what all that was talking about. I just thought that was a different way that somebody was, was saying the same things, talking about Jesus. But I never had peace in my heart about it until uh, I, I, after I met my wife and we started dating. She's a good Baptist gal, and if I wanted to see her on Sundays, I had to go to church with her. And so going to church with her, I got to sit under the gospel preaching uh, of old brother Clint Knuckles who preached the gospel uh, uh, with, a, with, a, with a fire and, and uh, with, uh, with a spirit of God upon him. And finally, enough of it sunk in through this old thick head of mine that I understood what he was saying. And I bowed my head one day and asked the Lord Jesus Christ to come in my heart, save my soul. And you know what? Uh, God's given me a peace in my heart that I never had before. And, and though I've gone through some trials in my life and and I could share some with you tonight, but you don't want to hear about my troubles. You've got enough of your own. Uh, but I'll tell you that no matter what I've been through, I've always had the peace in my heart uh, that the Lord was with me. You know, the Bible says in, in uh, uh, the book of uh, Isaiah chapter 57, verse 21, it says that there's no peace for the wicked. And uh, so, friend, if you're here tonight and, and you're lost without God, you don't know what kind of peace I'm talking about. Why? Because don't matter how smooth things are going, there's still something missing down inside. There's still an emptiness down in there that you're trying to fill uh, with everything that you come across, and, and nothing seems to hit the spot. Nothing, it might cover it up for a little while. It might make it go away for a short while, but, but it always comes back, that gnawing deep down inside, that feeling of restlessness, that feeling that you're missing something down inside, uh, that, that you just can't have peace about until you give your heart and your life to the Lord Jesus Christ. Trust Him as your Savior. I'm glad tonight I can be thankful to the, to the good Lord above that I've got peace in my heart. I like that statement, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. Uh, not only do I have peace in my heart knowing that I'm saved, but I have peace in my heart knowing that there's, uh, that there's a God in heaven. He said, you believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house. He's talking about heaven here, the Father's house. And he said, I, I know that somebody's in charge. You know, I, that's one thing when I was a kid and I was living at home, even when I was lost, I, I felt pretty secure about things because Dad was always in charge. You know, I, I didn't worry about sleeping at night. I'd, if I laid my head on the pillow at night, I didn't worry about somebody breaking in. Uh, Dad wasn't a mean man. Uh, he was just an old country fellow, farmer, but he, he served in World War II there, and, and uh, uh, he'd, he'd walked all across Europe. He'd got wounded in the war, and, and he, was a, he was a tough old bird. Nobody wanted to mess with him, I'll tell you that. Uh, but, and so I felt secure at home. But I, I'm glad that I have the knowledge tonight that my Heavenly Father's in charge. Because my dad ain't with me no more. He, he's in heaven now, but, but I know God's in charge. And, and I can feel secure knowing uh, that, that, the, that the Lord's in charge of it all. He's my sovereign. He's my king. And, and I'm going to put my faith and trust in him. Then uh, another thing that I can be thankful for tonight is a permanent home. And Jesus told his disciples there, he said, I, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself. You know, these homes that we have down here, however how nice they may be, they're just temporary. Uh, I, my, my grandpa used to live up the road uh, from me, uh, where I grew up, uh, about a half a mile. And now there's nothing there but a shopping center and a, and a service station and restaurants and all that stuff. His home's gone. Uh, I watched with sadness in my heart one day as the fire department burn it to the ground for practice, you know, and... And uh, then at my grandmother's house down in Clemens, uh, uh, my mama's mom, her house, 
uh, went the same way when it got too old that it couldn't be rented anymore and somebody bought the property and, and uh, they, they gave, donated it to the fire department. And I saw smoke one day down the road and I, I said, somebody's house is on fire. And I rode down there and it was my grandma's house burned to the ground. And, and after mom and dad got gone, to, I didn't want the same thing to happen to their house. So I, I told the neighbor down the street, his, his daughter uh, uh, was interested in the house. I said, if you want to move the house, you can have it. I'll let you have the house if you'll move it and set it up somewhere. And so sure enough, they, they hired a, a house mover, and they moved mom and dad's house down in, uh, on their piece of property there and remodeled it, and they got a nice place to live and, and don't have to worry about seeing dad's house burned down anyway. But, but, you know, the thing about it is is all these homes here are temporary. And, and, you know, we get attached to them, and we have fond memories of them, but they're all temporary. But I thank God that one day uh, I'm going to a permanent home. Uh, and, friend, the, the fire can't touch it. Uh, the, the, the floods can't reach it, my friend. There's no uh, uh, termites can mar its foundation, my friend. It's, it's going to stand forever. It's a wonderful home. And the address is, uh, uh, it says it's in God's house on Golden Street in the glorious city. I mean, I'm going to tell you what, that's an address right there, ain't it? I, I'm looking for that permanent home, and I praise God for that. Then a uh, third thing that I want to share with you tonight is is uh, that you can have some thanksgiving about is, is this promise of heaven. I like what Jesus said. He said, uh, he said that where I am, there you may be also. And he told his disciples, he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh to the Father but by me. You know, we live in a time when, when everybody wants to lend everybody else's religion uh, the same amount of weight. You see these bumper stickers with all these different symbols on it that says coexist and all this stuff. And, and you know, I, I don't think that we ought to be shooting anybody or anything like that, but I, I'm not for this coexistence stuff. I, I'm here to tell you today that I'm not going to stand up and say that, that Allah has, is a true God. No, he's not a true God. It's not another name for Jehovah God. Uh, my Lord Jesus Christ, he's the God incarnate. He's, he's the great I am that walked upon this earth. Uh, friend, he's the only way to heaven. Uh, I'm here to tell you today that, that uh, these other religions, they fall short. These other cults, they don't have the truth of it. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh to the Father but by me. You say, that's a mighty narrow thought that you got there, Brother Jimmy. Well, I, that's just the way it is in the Bible. That's what it says. I mean, I, I, I'm trying to be as open with you as I can, but the Word of God says this. He says, there's no other way to get to heaven but through the Lord Jesus Christ. And if the Bible says it that narrow, then I've got to say it that narrow because if I, if I enlarge it any, if I let anybody else in any other way, then guess what? I'm a liar and the truth's not in me. I, so I've got to say what God said about it, uh, that Jesus is the only way to heaven. But we have that promise that if we come to him, that if we come to him in faith, just like Brother Caleb, just like the little dude here on the front, priest. <laughs> I had to say dude now. You know that, didn't you? But, but just, just like he preached uh, that Jesus is the way, man. If you come to him, if you believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, you shall be saved. That's what the Bible says, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, believe in thine heart that God's raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. It don't say that you might be or you could be. It says you shall be. Man, that's a promise that we can take to the bank. And we have that promise. He, he reiterates that promise in John chapter, uh, uh, in 1 John chapter 5. Uh, verse 13, where he says, These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God that you may know that you have eternal life. Friend, that, that's just as plain as can be. 
You know, there's no way that you can interpret that any other way than what it says, that if we trust in Jesus, we can know without a shadow of a doubt that we're saved, that we're going to heaven. And, and if that's not something to be thankful for, then there ain't nothing in the world you can thank, be thankful for. Why? Because I may be old, Brother Tim, <laughs> but, but uh, I, I've learned one thing for sure, and, and that is that this life, has a lot of disappointments in it, has a lot of hard roads. I tell the, my kids in class about every one, of, every, uh, every one of them in the room, different rooms, different age groups that I've taught. I've tried to all share this. I say, if you'll remember two things, uh, then, then it'll help you in life. One is that, that life's not fair and that people are cruel. And, and I found that to be true, that, that life's not fair. You don't always, don't always get, what, get back what you give out. And people are cruel sometimes. They'll take advantage of you. They'll try to hurt you for no reason. But I, I thank God that I have this assurance that this life is not all that there is, that, that one day there's a better day coming. And, boy, we can just stand up and thank God and praise God for it. Uh, you know, this passage of Scripture, it always comforts me. I hope it's been a comfort to you tonight. Uh, I, I, I could turn over to the, uh, back in the Old Testament now and start preaching about gates, but I, I think I'll just... Let you have that thought right there about how good God is that he's given us all these blessings. Amen. Amen. Amen.